0: the theme in my spirit all the christmas season is Jesus Christ is king he is king if you if we 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 sometimes misunderstand the purpose of the manger the purpose of all these all these things the purpose of it all is that he's king king of kings and lord of lords and so that's why we are here today to worship him as king so when you find psalm 126 please stand with me for the reading of the word of god psalm 126 the word of God says, the word of God says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Let's pray. Father, again we say thank you for grace and mercy and love. I thank you, God, that you're in this room this this morning. Lord, with your fine people today. I pray a, a blessing over them. Lord, I pray that you would touch their spirits and their lives. God, I pray that you would help us to recognize how close you are to us. God, I pray over this service today. Lord, may your life be amongst us this morning. In Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let me read to you the same psalm again, but I want to read it to you out of the New English Translation, the NET. It's what was on the video that I put out this week. Psalm 126. It's a song of a sense, which means it's a song they sang when they went up to the temple when they were coming for Pentecost or when they were coming for Passover or something along those lines. Psalm 126, 1. When the Lord restored the well-being of Zion, we thought we were dreaming. At that time, we laughed loudly and shouted for joy. And at that time, the nation said, the Lord has accomplished great things for these people. The Lord did indeed accomplish great things for us, and we were happy. Verse 4. Our O Lord restore our well-being, just as the streams in the arid south are replenished. Those who shed tears as they plant will shout for joy when they reap the harvest. The one who weeps as he walks along carrying his bag of seed will certainly come in with a shout of joy carrying his sheaves of grain. Why I like that, that psalm in the way that this particular translation team put it together is because it framed it very clearly in the history of of, of the Israel people what happens in, in this time and in this moment is that they were, they were exiled, they were cast out from the presence of God, and they were, they, they were thrown away. And when, they got, when God brought them out, when the Lord brought them back to their place of dwelling, when God uh, uh, basically saved them from where they were, they, the presence of the Lord just mightily, entered into their mouths. And they. the Bible tells us stories of how they began to rejoice and they were laughing and they were excited. And even the nations of the world, this psalm says, the nations of the world saw the Lord has done great things for them. You see, there's, there's so much to this passage that I want to get to, but I want you to be thinking along the lines of, of, of what it means to be pardoned. What it means to be pardoned. In our in our country, we have this, this really uh, wonderful thing of pardoning uh, that that is pardoning that is a uh, power that governors and the president has within themselves. What happens is that governors have power to pardon over state. Crimes and the, the president has powers to cover over federal crimes. And so when the, the, we, we see this is a when a president or a governor feels that an injustice has been committed or something along those lines, they, they will pardon the individual for their law so that the, their transgression they were convicted of, so it, it's wiped away off of their record like it's never happened before. This is something that I I see a lot that is really uh, close to seeing what I believe is one of the most important messages of the gospel, and why I believe the founding of this country was founded on these understandings of of, of what it means to live scripturally, that sometimes people just need grace, and that this, this moment... Uh, that's interesting to me. There were two basic, two major presidential pardons that, that I, I want to mention to you this morning before we go further. And that is, in, in some of your lifetimes, the uh, very close, the, the closest one was, uh, that I want to mention is uh, Gerald Ford pardoning Richard Nixon. If you were alive during that time, you saw this nation in turmoil. You think it's bad now with the way the government works. It was really, really bad in the early 70s and all of the turmoil that was in the world at that time. And... There, there there the country had just come through vietnam it had been in such a horrific shape there was protest on a regular basis it was the the country was really could not afford another major 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 scandal and it just kept escalating with nixon over and over and over again and this is something that happens that that really is a rare thing a politician surrendered his essentially surrendered his office because it cost Gerald Ford everything to pardon Richard Nixon. When he pardoned Richard Nixon, whether you agree with it or not, It literally, uh, Ford's purpose of pardoning Nixon was simply this. He did not want the country to go through any more pain. And he did not want the country to go through having a president behind bars. He wanted those two images wiped away from from, uh, the potentiality. And he did not want that happening. And so he did that, but it cost him completely he lost his political fame. He lost everything. He was a rising star, obviously, as president at that moment, and it, he was done after that moment. Another time that that I, I see that is interesting that I found that the use of the presidential pardon is a, something we don't talk about a lot, but it's in 1868. The United States had just come through the, the Civil War. They had gone through uh, a time of turmoil where where the the nation had split literally in two, and North was fighting against South, and there was a trouble there and Once the North had overwhelmed the South and had declared victory and, and uh, they had signed the, the treaty the the reality was is that there were people in the government wanting to destroy those that fought against the the, uh, the Union. Literally the soldiers, the Confederate soldiers, there there was a faction in the United States government that wanted all the Confederates tried for treason and hanged and dead. And some of you this morning, if you have a relative of a Confederate soldier, would not be here if Andrew Johnson did not walk in in 1868, pardoned all the Confederate soldiers and said that we're just going to blanket pardon them all and that. They raise their guns against the United States, but we're going to free them from any transgression from any crime of treason committed against this country, and what Andrew Johnson did was literally save an entire generation that people around here today would or would not be alive if he hadn't done this. So hear me today was in both of these situations, Nixon. In the Confederates, whether you've, from a pure legal perspective, they were both guilty. From a pure legal perspective, not talking about history and all that stuff. From a pure legal perspective, they were guilty. But you know what? Sometimes somebody comes in and changes your destiny. Whether or not you want to realize it or not, you and I are guilty. You and I are guilty. We are guilty because we walk into a situation and we do we are enemies of God. We are enemies of God. Jesus called us that children of the devil. He called us children of the devil and that all we, even though we were children of the devil, we still have some kind of understanding of what it means to give good gifts. But we are, we are literally people that are born with our native language of desiring to rebel against God. Paul says it in Romans 7, when we want to do right, we don't. And when we don't, we get all twisted up. And so we, we, we try to live it, we can't do it. And we, 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 we just find ourselves in a vicious cycle over and over and over and over again. And we, li- we need help because you know why? Because we are guilty. We are guilty. We are in 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 need of a savior. We are in need, and here's the thing that is majestic and mightily—the thing that that people may like, may not want to hear about it, they may not want to talk about it, and they may not feel like you you deserved it. But you know what? I don't care. It's just as like those confederates were were pardoned and no one could bring it back to their charge ever again. Let me tell you, Nixon was pardoned. It didn't matter what they sued him for. It didn't matter what they went after him. The president had wiped it off of his charge. It was no longer to be held accountable to them. I'm telling you, I'm guilty but my Jesus pardoned me and I don't care if you want to remind me of what I was. I tell you I was guilty but my Lord Lord came down and said, you are pardoned. Why? Because I committed, I omitted my sin, and I said, Lord, help me. Forgive me. Amen. Go ahead. Praise God. You see, we, we, we recognize that the pardoning of God is, is such a majestic thing that when God says it's done, it's done when God, when Jesus was on that cross and he pronounced that it was finished he meant it was finished it didn't matter what somebody else may say it doesn't matter what your friends bring up about your past it doesn't matter where you are right now if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you bow your knee to him there's this holy pardon that comes down from on high and he washes your sin away and it doesn't matter where you've been and it doesn't matter how vile you may have done when God God says it's over, it's over. People may bring it up, people may talk about it, but you can say I'm walking in the grace and the mercy of God and yes I don't deserve this. Yes, I am guilty but my Jesus, he came on the scene. He showed up in my life. He forgave me and yes, I know I don't deserve it, but you know what? He decided to bless me. He decided to pick me up. He decided to forgive me and if Jesus Christ Christ, the Son of God, decides to bless you, who is the world to tell you otherwise? Who are those that come and rise up against you? It's God that lifts you up. It's God that brought you out. It's God that changed your life. It's God that made you new. It's God that brought you out of your chains and broke the bondage off of you. Who is anybody to question what God can do in your life? Who is somebody to rise up and speak against you and tell you you don't deserve it? i would be the first one to tell you that I don't deserve but he showed up and he broke my chains anyway because he loves you and cares for you and it's not about them it's about Jesus Christ and what he can do for you in your life pardoning though requires somebody to be in authority to pardon you can't be you can't pardon somebody without having the ability to pardon that person This is why when the the Jesus was there preaching in the midst of in the Gospel of Mark, and he was in a particular home, and they ripped the roof off, and the friends lowered the body, the man down in this in this in this house, and Jesus reached down to the man and told him his sins were forgiven, and the Pharisees lost their minds. They lost their minds because they say, who are you to, 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 uh, to release this man of his guilt? Who are you to say to the, this man, you are forgiven? You see, this is what everybody reminds you. Who are you to, 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 to release anybody? Who, who, how, who do you think you are that you've said that you've been forgiven? Well, Jesus looks at the, looks at the Pharisees and looks at everybody around the room and he says, I'll tell you what, which is easier to tell this man his sins are forgiven or to rise up and walk? And so what's he decide to do? He says to show you that the Son of Man has the ability to forgive sins. I'm going to get this guy up and have him walk around this room to prove to you that I have the power and I have the authority. And when I say it's done, the thing's done. You don't have to do it again. You don't have to run down here twice. You don't have to run down here five different times reminding Jesus, listen, if you come down once and surrender it over to the Lord and the Son of God looks down upon you, and says you are forgiven, you are healed, you are delivered. It doesn't matter what anybody else may tell you. You don't have to keep running here. It's done. It's over. He's washed you and cleansed you. And it's time to get up off of your bed mat and start walking around the room and showing everybody how big your God is. Now this is your job. Go ahead. Praise God. Your job is not to br. your job isn't to say, look at me and see what I can do. Your job is to say, I deserve to be in that bed mat, not able to get up, not able to walk. I deserve to be the rest of my life. But look at me take this step right here. It's because his mercies are new every morning. Watch me. I, I, what, don't you deserve to be in jail? Yeah, I deserve to be in jail. But my God brought me out of where I am. My God brought me out of my trouble. He brought me out of, don't you deserve to? Yeah. I deserve to be bound but God washed me and cleansed me and gave me favor over a situation hmm you see when you recognize how good your God is you will re- you'll see the greatness of his forgiveness and his love for you in your life. He will you you begin to start turning the praise to him. You don't get about yourself and you don't brag about yourself. You say had it not been for the Lord who saw me where I was, had it not been for God who saw me in my wickedness and saw me in my pain and he did not look at my pain but he looked at me. He didn't look at who I was, he looked at me. He, he didn't look at my sin. He looked at me, and he said, if you reach my hand, I'll heal you. If you reach my hand, I'll deliver you. If you reach your, my hand, I'll, I'll set you free. And you know what? You know what happens? God reaches down into that situation and heals a particular individual. Now hear me today. There are some times, though, that you need to hear that story again in the Gospel of Mark because what does Jesus say? It's for, but why, why was this man healed? Was it the man's faith that healed him? It was his friends. That's what Jesus said. This is the power of the intercessor. Listen, there are people dying and going to hell around you, but you have the authority. Now that you've been pardoned, now that you've been washed. Now that you've been made right before a holy God, you have the right to start coming up to your family. And you don't need to get in their face, but you need to get in the face of the devil. And you can start proclaiming the greatness of your God. you got a child that's going astray. Don't give him over to the devil and don't give up. I'm telling you, fight the devil till you have no more breath in your body. Don't let the devil take your family. Don't let the enemy get the victory. I'm telling you, speak it out over their life. Speak it over their house. Speak it over their children if you have grandchildren begin to speak it I mean march it walk it live it show it and don't allow anything to come between you and your victory I'm saying get determined and realize it's the faith of your friends sometimes it's going to bring you out get in the presence of the Lord and begin to proclaim it I know my son is in that but in the name of Jesus devil I tell you to get your hands off my son I know my daughter's in this but in the name of Jesus Satan I tell you get off of my family you don't have to accept what the world tells you you've been given authority and power and freedom and victory over your life and you don't have to accept what the enemy's report is When you start to pray and you start to believe and you start to recognize that maybe they may not be in a place where they know, maybe they might be far away from God, maybe they may have no idea who God is, but let me tell you, everybody in this room has somebody pray for them and that's why you're here right now. Somebody's prayed for you in your life, whether they knew you or not, whether they understood you or not, how do you know in the middle of the night when 3 a.m. that God calls you to pray, that you're not praying for some woman on the other side of the world to come Come to Christ. How do you know when the Holy Spirit comes into you and you begin to speak with other tongues that somebody's in the life balance and God isn't using your prayer to reach them there? Listen, somebody's prayed for you and that's why you're here. They prayed for you when you didn't know it. They prayed for you and they would not accept what the devil put in your life. He defined you as this. He said, you're this, you're this, you're this. And you are guilty. You were guilty and you deserve the punishment and reap the reward of that. But God... God showed up and he said, listen, I know what the world defines you as and I know what your friends are calling you, but let me tell you what I call you. If you come to me, I call you healed. If you come to me, I call you forgiven. If you come to me, I call you delivered. If you come to me, I call you set free. If you come to me, I call you freedom over your life. If the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. Praise God. All this is because he's king. That's our king. You 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 can't. He doesn't have this authority because he's just a good guy. He has his authority because he's King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and even the devil won't question his authority. The devil may come into your life, and you just remind him: "Listen, my King has set me free. My King, you know the one, Emmanuel, God with us. You know the one that came beside me and washed me. You know the one that put his arms out and was pierced for my transgressions. His back was ripped apart for my healing. You know that King, my King, the one." that's impossible for me to compare myself to. That king that smiles on me. That king who shines his light on me. My king who's that lily of the valley. That king who's the sweet sound of victory. That king that's there in my life. That king that controls this world. That the, the, the enemy says this world's out of control. No, my king is a mighty king. My king knows what's going on in North Korea, South Korea. He knows what's going on in North Korea or in Vietnam. He knows what's over in the southern part of Brazil all the way around the continents in Africa my king knows what's going on and if somebody on the backside of a desert somewhere bows their knee all of heaven notices where they are right now my king knows where you are my king birds don't even fly out of the air and fall to the ground without my king knowing where they are you don't lose a hair on the top of your head without my king knowing where it is you need to know how big your God is he's bigger than what you can imagine he's He's greater than this universe has even expanded to. He is beyond far measure, stronger and mightier than anything that this world could even bring into your life. My king knows your thoughts. He knows your mind. He knows where you are. He knows what's inside of your life. He knows what you can be, what you will be, and how you're going to get through it. He's already prepared your way out. He's already set you free. He's already done the work. My king is in control, and the devil can't stop it, and the world can't shut him up. He's my king. He's king of kings, and he's Lord of lords. Give him praise in this place today. Praise God. My king knows all that's going on. I may be sowing with tears, but in the morning, I'm going to be shouting for joy. I may have spread this seed down on the ground, and I may have thrown it over here, but I'm telling you, I'm still going to throw my seed out. I'm not going to let the world steal it from me. I'm still going to throw my seed to the soil and say, God, I may not know why this is going on, and I may not know what's happening, but I know in the morning, I'm child going to laugh at the harvest that you're given to me and my family. The world has told me it's impossible but when my king knows how to send the rain in the middle of an arid desert my king knows how to set you free in the middle where the world says it's impossible. My king is mighty. My king is amazing. My king is glorious. My king exceeds far upon all measure all limitless mind cannot even come to him. He's far beyond any word or expression or thought or idea that you can even come up with in your mind to describe my king. My king precedes all. He's in all. He's around all. He gives breath to the living. He speaks life over your body, over your house. Your house does not exist without my king knowing it exists. Your being does not exist. Your heart does not beat without my king knowing your heart beats today. The breath that you have in your lungs today is my king. Put it into your breath, into your lung. You move and have your being because my king decides that you can move and have your being. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He was there when the oceans were told to stum this far and go no further. He was there when the world said there's the sun and he hung it right there in the sky and he said move there, stop there and move no further. He was there when he hung the moon in the sky and he says move around this earth so the tides will move and come and go. He was there when he set the world at the exact angle the way he put it so that it would spin an exact way so gravity would be so life would be produced so that the atmosphere would be in the perfect way so that you could breathe and understand my king controls it all he scoops these things out of this universe he scoops the valleys out and he molds the mountaintops he's the one that knows he's at every birth of every animal of everything around here he's at the birth of every child that comes into this being it doesn't matter how you arrive he's there it doesn't matter where you showed up he's there when that baby cries it's because my king said let there be life and there's life I'm telling you you think you got to control you think you can do it no my king decides who lives and who dies my goodness my king is in this room right now and if you need him today and you need the Lord in your life you won't I'm telling you don't give up don't stop sowing go out and go and go and go and do not give in because my king has the last word today bless the Lord That's why you can say the name of Jesus and it matters because he's king. That's why you don't have to have fancy prayers and you don't have to come up with great ideas and you don't have to have understanding. All you got to do is say Jesus. You don't have to go to college and you don't have to go to seminary and you don't have to go. You just need to grab the word of God and know who it was and his name is Jesus that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is in control of this place. This is why when you pray, you mention the name of Jesus because that's the name of your King. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God